0: room is on the top floor. It's perfect. I love it. If I could live any place and any time I'd live here, in London,
1: in the 60s. Last night, I saw something in my dreams.
0: Girl. and you are sandy
1: i got this kind of gift i can see people places things others can't
0: this is the closest most people ever get to their dreams
1: Just dreams. Jack, I don't want to do this. You think you can just walk away? It really
0: happened.
2: What did you see?
0: Do you believe in ghosts?
1: Hello and welcome to this What Do You Want to Watch? spoiler cast for Edgar Wright's latest feature film, Last Night in Soho. I'm actually Hobbley. Joining me today, Dylan Blight. Hello, I was in Soho last night. I don't, I don't think there is a Soho in Australia, from what I'm aware of. There is isn't Tassie. There is? Yeah. South Hobart.
0: No, no, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and also joining us, Radio Watson's Buddy Watson.
0: Thanks for having me, guys. Ever since you invited me uh, to be on this uh, discussion a couple of weeks ago, I've been caning down the days, hours, and minutes. So it's finally here, and I can't wait to talk about yep. Last
1: night's Soho. I mean, the anticipation is what you know we really want for our guests uh hmm to be excited about. So yeah. Uh let's just jump into it. So please be aware we'll be freely discussing anything and everything about plot themes in any of the film. So if you haven't watched it, come back later. It's currently in cinemas everywhere in Australia. Uh but I think we can all agree you should go check it out. Uh so with that said, let's jump to our discussion of Last Night in Soho, directed by Edgar Wright, screenplay by Edgar Wright and Christy Wilson Cairns, story by Edgar Wright, starring Thomason McKenzie, Anya Taylor-Joy Matt Smith, Michael Ayo, uh, Diana Rigg and Terence stamp the expiring an aspiring fashion designer is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters a dazzling wannabe singer However, the glamour is not all it appears to be and the dreams of the past start to crack and splinter into something far darker uh buddy you and me, I both watched this film <laughs> a few weeks ago now uh, fortunately at uh, the Brisbane International Film Festival uh what'd you think of last night's show?
0: I really liked it. I, I loved it. I'm a bit of an Edgar Wright um, fanboy, but not to the point where I'm kind of dismissive or unaware of some of the shortcomings that people find in his work. But uh, I seem to get suckered in by a lot of the uh, the smoke and mirrors of what he's able to do Ooh. when uh, <laughs> yeah, with, with uh, shot composition, cinematography, just all that brilliance. And then soundtracks, he's been impeccable with uh, soundtracks. So I seem to get lost in a lot of that, um, whereas some of the more kind of uh, structural or narrative shortcomings or or stuff like that that might bring it down for others. I, I, sometimes I overlook that um, or I can get lost, uh, lost into the other other uh, whole package of it. So I, I really liked it.
1: Yeah, I was also a pretty big fan even though, you know, it's a little bit horror-ish which isn't usually my genre. Uh, also a big Edgar Wright fan. I think it's interesting because obviously this is the largest, biggest departure from his the rest of his catalogue. Obviously a much darker uh film female leads for the first time um you know no, very few laughs in this film uh there's a handful but you know it's definitely not a comedy in any uh stretch of the imagination but uh yeah really enjoyed it dylan you're fresh out of cinema uh after hearing me and buddy talk about how <laughs> mention how good it is on various podcasts and chats uh how what did you think of last so soho
2: Yeah, I really liked it. I mean, it's different. It's not your typical Edgar Wright thing. It's definitely the most, it's, uh, this may be a really weird, redundant way to say it, it, but this is the most Tarantino Edgar Wright film he's done. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it feels less like Edgar Wright doing a, like, more a parody homage to films and genres he likes and more of a film that's very heavily inspired by things he likes, and but it's very much its own thing, which is usually how Tarantino's things feel. Like you know they're inspired by a bunch of films he likes, but they don't feel like they're trying to rip, like parody them. They just feel like they're heavily inspired by, and that's what this feels more in line with. Um, it also feels like a weird sort of trip where the like I know there's like a lot of themes and stuff that sort of poked to the top, but the number one just seems to be him being like, look, I love old shit. It's okay, but sometimes there's bad shit there too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, that seems like the number one thing, which is interesting. Uh, the acting is really great. Obviously, the two leads are fantastic. Uh, the soundtrack is like the number one thing. Like, as soon as I got the cast, Spotify, last night, Soho soundtrack. Let's go, baby. <laughs> like, <that's> the, <laughs> straight onto that shit, so that was good. Obviously, cinematography is great. Um, I have some issues with it not going, I guess, full horror or like sort of being a little bit scarier once it starts going down that road. In the, the that route in the second half um i feel like some of them the the, whatever you're gonna call them mannequin monster things could have been done in a way to make them a bit more terrifying they sort of lose their mystique because they're sort of everywhere and you start seeing them so much so that was the one sort of thing i would like to change but overall i really really enjoyed it yeah
1: yeah absolutely um i guess interesting way to break it down how do we feel about Uh, How do we enjoy Thomas and Mackenzie as uh, Eloise? I think, you know, she's (laughs) very young. Apparently she's only 18 in this movie, so that's kind of crazy. Um, But yeah, she kind of, you know, is the centerpiece. Um, A young person who, it seems like, is able to see ghosts, is why she's having this experience. Obviously her mother, she sees her mother at the start of the film, even though she's passed away. Um, Great opening as well, like her like dancing around in that newspaper dress. That was a really cool way to like introduce her love of like 60s music and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Uh, But I think, you know, in that second half, she's like, it's hard to like stay on board with her a little bit when she's like kind of being crazy. Nearly stabbing people in the face. (laughs) Nearly stabbing people in the face and like kind of just running from place to place. It's like kind of an interesting character, I think.
0: Yeah. At the start, I I thought she was really good. Um, and I think she plays that kind of innocent, uh, you know, growing up kind of almost naive to how the world works, uh, being in that mm. country town um, and kind of being uh, sheltered from everything um, quite well. And, and you see that kind of when she gets introduced to being in London for the first time. When she gets introduced
1: to the real villain of this movie, Jacosta.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, um, until she is uh, thrown into the victim uh, status later on, and you kind of feel sorry for her because she almost got stabbed. <laughs> um, but I think kind of the fish out of water being a bit sheltered and naive and then and kind of uh, small fish in a, in, a, in a big pond type exposure, and then you know kind of the cab driver kind of hitting on her and you know life's not gonna be as easy as what she thought. I think that played out really well but then yeah like you were saying before dealing it later on in the movie when she kind of goes almost a little bit psychotic and they're kind of playing into her mental health or mental illnesses as what her mother might have committed suicide as she got overwhelmed in London herself to the same thing and whether these visions are actually ghosts or her own mental health uh type stuff and then she starts almost stabbing people or having you know breakdowns in the middle of the thing that's when it kind of like jumped a shark a little bit for me I wasn't as like I stopped because i like, I don't I felt sorry for her and sympathetic for her cause, but then it became less so as she became a little bit more un unhinged to yeah. un, unreasonable levels. so I was like, you know we still want to like her and but the whole stabbing and the thing, and just some things like got out of hand a little bit better, but overall, I really liked her performance. I thought she was she was great,
2: yeah, she's probably like she's been in a bunch of my favorite movies over the last few years so she's certainly whoever her agent is i guess is doing good because uh <laughs> um, true of the kelly gang obviously my favorite film love you um and then was it like 2000 No, no a couple of years before that leave no trace which yep. i watched after doing my like top for that year but then up and then seeing a lot of people rave about it and then watching that and then that would have definitely like been in my top three for that year if i'd redone it because that film's fantastic and mm-hmm. it's literally just her and um i kind of love the dude's name but it's just Isn't
1: it a Oh, no, Ben Foster. No, no. i think the other yeah, that, walking
2: Phoenix film. That film's fantastic, if anyone hasn't watched that, by the way. Um, but, yeah, she plays very similar roles in all of these films. I don't want to say she's been typecast just yet, but she does play a lot of these sort of quite timid, fish-out-of-water type roles. Um, and that's obviously, I would say, that she was casting this off the back of... Um, People watching her in these other films, which suits it for this role. She's really good in it. I don't, I certainly don't blame her for the the way the film goes towards end. Like that's not an acting choice. That's mm. a script choice. Uh, but no, she she's really really good and it. You definitely are on board with her for ninety nine percent of the film because yeah, the one time where she's running around with the scissors, and I know as an audience member, I'm like it's she's seeing things, <laughs> but there's people there, and I'm like if you stab someone, I'm going to be so annoyed of the direction this film's taking right now. So I was glad that. It got pulled away because I was about to get really annoyed.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so then I guess we switch over to the Sandy side of the story. It's like, well, oh, baby, how do we feel about like the introduction of the 1960s? Because I feel like that was like one of the first trailers was pretty much almost taken straight out of the film of her walking into 1960 Soho, big thunderball uh, show outside the, the theater. tap on the mirror or whatever. Yes, like
2: thing whatever.
1: Yeah, that sequence is. Like amazing, especially when you consider like is everything in that is pretty much done practically, um, you know, and in Soho, like the actual location, which is crazy, from what I've heard. I want
2: to know. I don't know if this has been said. Do you know, or else I want to watch behind the scenes. Like, were, were they both on set, and they've just yes. Okay, good. Yeah, because it felt like that most of the time. It felt like there was the scene where um. In the scene where she first meets Jack, and they're like making out in the phone booth or whatever, and then you see in the mirror that um, Thomason's like making out with another Jack or whatever, <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's. I think that's a Matt Smith double. Like the hairline yeah, looks I, a little I bit would off, so. so that explains why. Because that was the moment my brain started going, "Oh, I think they're both there."
1: <laughs> it would be a bit weird if, you're like, Matt Smith, can you just make out with her in this one, and <laughs> we'll also make out? <laughs> yeah. sure, so, we're out doing everything his, else practically, but his- this thing we need to do. We need to get yeah. proper, you know.
2: It was the hair. Something gave it away for me. Yeah. Um, but no, the, uh, yeah, the 60s is certainly, certainly like the, the standout um, marketing point and also the the most lavish sort of si- from a cinematography and production point of view, um, everything from the costumes to the, the cars and everything. Um, even that, that first time that camera swoops in and uh, was it, which I can't remember, Thunderball? Yeah, it's Thunderball's a movie. Thunderball's like there, you know, like you get a, a big vibe for an and again, this, I think this does come back to this is Edgar Wright in love. This is from a director, writer point of view where he loves this time period and, um, Thomas and Mackenzie's characters almost like without the, um, he didn't want to grow up to design costumes as far as yeah. I was aware, but he <laughs> certainly loves this time period as much as she does. And maybe there's even something to be said about maybe he does have a family member who like, got him really into that sort of stuff in the music, I don't know. But well, yeah, the, that intro sequence.
1: Is his parents had like a bunch of 60s records that nobody else in no. the family listened to but him. So. Yeah, so that would explain. Yeah, the It really feels... weird nostalgia for it.
2: Yeah, it yeah. feels personal and you can tell that as you're watching it. Yeah. But yeah, the, the 60s stuff is all spot on and I love it. Um, it's a great time. And it's also interesting because you see a lot of 60s American time period in movies. You don't often see 60s... Britain, other than um, or even any, oh yeah, I guess that's about. I was about to say the only time you see like older British time periods usually is it's a war. You never see like just general (laughs) London, yeah, the the vibes of that time.
1: Uh, There's um, like a handful of different ones, but yeah, 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 but it's not like
2: a prominent Hollywood or movie period to be set movies in. Yeah, so I love it from a production point. The costumes are all fantastic, music's awesome. The dancing sequence is fantastic. Like pop fiction
0: vibes there, by the way. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I thought the transitions into the sixties, that first transition with uh, going under the bed sheet and then kind of bristling out, um, they were very impressive. Um, a lot of the camera work and transitions were all kind of great. And they're kind of hallmarks of, um, like I said before, what Anchorite Wright can do. Um, so yeah, I thought, I thought that was fantastic. All the sixties scenes. I I really, I really loved it. Um, the only kind of thing I'd kind of, at some point I felt like there really needed to be more of a link towards, all right, I'm going into the 60s to figure out what is happening, but then getting more out of what was happening in the 60s and translating that back into present day, I felt like there was a kind of like little breadcrumbs and, and threads towards the end, but some of it I felt was just like, they could have been doing that more along the way, but, um, I but thought the
1: transitions were great. I don't think they wanted you to figure out what the actual thing that happened yeah for sure i don't think to find it, it was yeah
0: i felt like there was a long a longer than maybe necessary um moment where it was like is this actually her seeing the past and trying to figure out what happened to this person in the past f- through the present day or is she having a mental breakdown like there was like oh, so okay. much ambiguity for a little bit longer than maybe necessary they could have like Maybe shored that up a little bit quicker and then have more of the mysterious like, oh, who is this? What is this element? Because I felt like that dried up super, super quick until uh, it was kind of a shotgun shotgun ending of like, oh, this is actually what's happened. Bang. It's funny you
2: say that, though, because I pretty much accepted that she just sees ghosts as soon as the film started. Solely because of her grandmother being like saying some little line about like seeing her mother and all this. Like the way her grandma talked to her, I was like, oh, this is real. Mm. So, from, from then she on, she sees throughout the, the rest mother of the movie, in the, the mirror. So, yeah, she sees the mother in the mirror, which at first you could just think she's a bit, you know, like maybe she is seeing things. But then the way the grandma's like, you know, you've got that power like your mother had and all this sort of stuff. I was like, all right, um, I guess this movie's trying to tell me she sees ghosts. And whatever reason, my brain was like, all right, that's the, the logic I'll accept for the rest of this movie. Yeah, so but, yeah it,
0: I, uh, but is it that or it is like Dexter Morgan seeing his father um, and then, you know, deb in the later season are they ghosts or are they just like his projection of what they would be telling him his own kind of insecurities and and, and message that they would be going through in that show i'm going to say it's his. Yes. Uh, yeah yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I mean in in that context like is that what she's doing as well yeah. but i don't know i feel like it's if it's
2: because it happens so early in the movie it's mm. literally in the first scene that they go hey she says ghosts and because of that my brain at least like it's yeah you, your brain was like, no, I, I don't trust movies. Which is Man, a, she's like, 18 com- she's
0: still got an imaginary friend. Yeah, yeah, I was like yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's her mum. I, I think if they'd had that scene like <laughs> 20 minutes do? in, yeah, if they'd done it like 20 minutes in and been like, oh, hey I see ghosts, I would have been like mm, do you though? Because I've been watching you for 20 minutes and you, <laughs> you seem, seem like you may have to talk to someone, uh, you've, mm. you've, you've, you've got issues, but because the movie just starts with she seems happy, go lucky, and she she seems very fine. She seems like she's a very nice, happy girl who has nothing yep. wrong with her life, and she sees ghosts. So I think because of that, I was like, she's fine. She just sees ghosts. Like, yep. it's okay. Like they didn't put they didn't give me the the issue first. They didn't give me any doubt. To, yeah, I I, I I think for something.
0: me it was like the mum. Your mum committed suicide as well, and she went off to London and kind of it got to her. I'm like, yeah, did she? I guess. That the same thing, but I guess yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, both ways are ways to interpret the film. I think so. take the film, yeah, yeah, which makes it interesting. Um, yeah. Um, Montesville, Andy Taylor Joy, amazing as uh Sandy. That's her name. <laughs> you know her story, just super depressing and sad. Like, uh, you feel like it. It's super fun and uplifting, and then you know, it takes that turn as soon as the uh lights go up for that second performance in that theater. Full of men, which was, that that's the, I feel give like away. that's the point, the start to give away of the way things are starting to turn, even though that performance is very, very well choreographed and everything, but yeah, you know, you think it's all going to be good for her and then, you know, it's less very quick down wood slope. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh-huh. especially uh-huh. because you would given that awesome rendition of Downtown, which is um fantastic, and it's one of my actually favourite songs growing up with Nan and Popper's, my first exposure to CDs were like 60s compilation albums, like four-disc mm-hmm. CD compilations, and I'd have them with their CD player on my Discman, so um, Patchoula Clark's Downtown was actually one of my favourite songs, The Loving Spoonful, Summer in the City, all that kind of stuff, so you know, instantly this is like, it almost, a bit nostalgic for me, throwing it back to my my childhood, even mm-hmm. though I'm not as old as Edgar Wright growing up. In, in that era, I yeah. still was raised by my grandparents, so I kind of uh, have that same ad- attachment to it as well. So when she started singing downtown, which I didn't actually realize it was going to be a, a performance of her in the movie, because I hadn't been exposed to too much like marketing material or trailers, so I'm like, oh my god, this is just I'm melting here.
2: Yeah, that performance, that scene's great. Um, and yeah, Taylor Joy's greatness, like she's in every everything. Um, I do think the character gets shafted towards the end. I think it, like, sort of – when it takes a – and this is the problem with having two characters that are both dealing with a lot um, and the film doesn't have time to give both their full arcs and stories. Like, obviously, it it ends up focusing in on the main character and um, Eloise. Ellie? Yeah, Eloise. Um, And then – i oh, sorry, who's Anya Taylor? Uh, what's it? Sandy. 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 So Sandy signed it because once Sandy's like the reveal of, oh, she's a sex worker now, the film just sort of like rushes straight through all that and goes, and it fucked her life up, but it doesn't really feel like that does justice to her character or I guess like someone pushed into being a sex worker in that scenario like it just feels like it just sort of rush 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 through this and like hey that's fucked up trauma now i have this like and that explains how she gets to where she is at the end of the movie like i get it but it does feel like there's a bit missing there for that character to to get justice
0: yep i'd I'd agree with that as well
1: yeah i guess i mean i don't i feel like you don't want to fill in too many of the blanks with a character like that it's like uh, you know, she's, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, a murder mystery to a certain degree. You don't want to have too much of the backstory of the person who gets murdered. You want to focus on the people who well, are sort of figuring out the murder.
2: Here's another point. So I just assumed the lady downstairs was her straight away. Oh, okay. <laughs> My movie brain went, that's her, because the haircut looks very similar. Like for an, for an older version of what her haircut is, right? So I'm obsessed with hair in this movie for some reason. Anyway, so then when she dies in that scene, I'm like, guess I'm wrong. <laughs> and then that lasts for like, what, ten, fifteen minutes? And then I was like, never mind. Okay. Whatever.
1: I mean, that's one hell of a misdirection just to blatant lie to the audience, isn't it? But it but looks she like does, she, yeah, she yeah. dies. Yeah. Mm, yeah. As but soon as she
2: meets her, I'm like, oh, that's her, surely. Like, maybe not. I oh, don't know. No, missed that completely.
1: It was yeah. very much a twist to me.
2: That was my movie brain. Pick,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, I didn't pick it either. Just because I, once again, I'm kind of I'm just lost in it. So. Um, that's, that's I guess that's the the sum of all its parts. Like sometimes you can move your brain and turn off if you're tricked enough into being in it. <laughs> you know I think enough.
2: it was the marketing too, because in the trailers they show Jack and then they show the man in white or whatever his credited as, and they go, "Look, oh, it's the same guy." And I'm like, oh, "Nah, red Herring, get fucked." Yeah, Terrence Step. They're like, "Oh, it's the same guy in the trailer." I'm like, "No, nah, it's not. You're trying to trick me. Don't get you ain't gonna you ain't fooling me." <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me. There's literally a moment in the trailer where they like fade out from Jack to Tan Stamp. I'm like, nah, it ain't that obvious. <laughs> Come on now.
1: No. Okay. So you didn't see that coming, you know? Terrence Stamp, the creepy old man. Kidding on there I didn't know who he was,
2: him. but I just I didn't know who he was. I just assumed it was a red herring. Based solely on the trailer. I mean, yeah. When they revealed it was a cop, I was like, Oh, well he wasn't acting like a cop, he was acting like a fucking creep. <laughs> so- yeah, like a cop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. should have picked it because uh this the younger version is played by sam Claflin, who's like kind of a bit of a bigger actor than just your basic extra that the uh, rest of the pundits were so Gee, oh my god messed up too <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> yeah i loved i said i told buddy after we watched the movie I, lo- I loved like the setup to that where ellie almost gets hit by a car like three or four times yeah and then he gets hit out of nowhere. It's like, it's like, it's established early in the movie that cabs are dangerous in this town. London, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty brutal. Um, how do we feel about the reveal? <laughs> you know, it turns out it's uh, the scariest thing in the world is middle-aged tawny men. Yeah, they're the real villains, maybe. It's all uh, they are They are the real villains.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the, the movie lays it on pretty heavy straight away with the cab driver. Like... And I, I didn't like based solely on the trailers. I didn't think that was the direction it was going to go. Like, I thought it was like maybe they'll have like a, a little hint at the sleaziness of men or whatever. But as soon as we got into that, that cab scene and they, they do that whole bit, I was like, Oh, this is a, this is going to be a major theme of this movie now, is it? Cause it seemed very like more so than just a sly comment. Cause he mm. says one comment and then he like says something else that's weird. And then by the time you get to the, well, you've got nice legs for it or, like, oh, is there all models in that place. I was like, "Fuck, we're still going," and this is really yeah. uncomfortable. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> which yeah, I, was the point. But yeah, yeah I definitely I be pictured,
0: pictured sure. it to yeah. be there, like um, the Californian like, dream, the Holly Hollywood dream, um, kind of go out there and, and that kind of swallow you up and eat you a whole, kind of like your Neon Demon or your Mulholland Drive, without being like hyper crazy, um, or even La La Land. But you know, whether it's well, a good ending neon- or a bad ending.
2: Yeah, Maholland Drive and Neon Demon were the the exact two movies I was, like, thinking about as, like, if you was to make a sort of analogies to um, kind of
0: what the theme was, but I didn't expect it to kind of be this um, strong feminist, uh, 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 anti-misogynist kind of messaging that was through it. I know some people have criticized that it is like a a feminist light movie because of how they kind of throw it back down, and in, in the end it's kind of still misogynist in the way that, um females are treated with you know kind of and how it ends uh and stuff but i thought i didn't get that at all i thought it was still quite you know
2: no i think the the important thing is that so when all the guy ghosts come in they're like help us help us her character doesn't suddenly go oh my god i feel so sorry for you like she has she has the scene where she's like like sandy comes in and she she still feels sorry for sandy because she knows what she's been through she knows that um it's that whole you know like what's the saying like um you know, hurt people, hurt people or whatever. It doesn't mean it's okay, but, yep. you know, hurt people, hurt people. Um, and she feels sorry to her for a degree. And then when she says they deserved it, um, she does say, I know. So she doesn't mm. say, no, they mm. didn't. Or they, they didn't deserve this or, you know, something very right. much along those lines. It was like, no, they did. But, you know, maybe don't kill them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> maybe, maybe killing kill them isn't the solution yeah, yeah. or maybe don't kill me i mean
1: <laughs> yeah I, I didn't do anything wrong maybe kill jack
2: because he seemed like he was gonna kill you but like
1: <laughs> yeah it's like uh it's the fucked up thing is he's she was putting him in the slats of the house right that was yeah explains the smell in the wall like, oh, yeah, it'll she...
2: smell like garlic
1: yeah it'll smell bad at like the start you yeah. know, yeah uh Buddy, as someone who didn't guess that Diana Riggs was Sandy all along, what did you think of the reveal?
0: Oh, yeah, I thought it was good. I was kind of really wondering, like, okay, who's the killer? Who's the who's going to be this guy, uh, killer that eventually killed her? Because it is weird that we do see her death and her graphic death,
1: so there's kind of really no
0: reason to kind of question, I'd, I'd actually go- Oh, she's alive! go
1: back and watch it again, like, whether it was just our minds playing- yeah, like, I'd love to see it again. You never and, actually, and, saw her die. Yeah,
0: never see her get actually physically stabbed. You just see the blood yeah. and her on yeah. the bottom screaming. Is it her just screaming and like yeah? Maybe that's just um, some good, good trickery, uh, good good cinematography and good you
1: know tricks that Depending way. On so, her expectations and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I was like, there's no real reason to question why this would be some kind of twist ending, other than it be a, a twist ending that's not how it went, and it could be you know. The killer was alive or still it just wasn't that guy that got hit by the car or something but the, then like putting my movie brain on i was like there is no plausible character that we've been introduced to yet that it could be like a male centric character that it could be because that guy died and everyone else is of uh a younger age that's uh you know like john he's studying at the things so it's obviously yep. not him um it's none of the girls that are at the academy there's no real other older male figure in this other than the cab driver who i guess wouldn't be there and he was only featured that would at the start be a shittier you know what, twist uh, that would have been a shittier one. twist so for me i was like okay they're really not going to resolve this at all um there's no male character so that, uh, that's why i guess there's no reason really for me to question it but um it, it makes sense now <laughs> you put your movie yeah. brain on there's only so many characters that get introduced and by uh, deduction you know people that are of importance have to be there so um yeah it's just the, the graphic death that kind of put me off but i did like the idea that um she had kind of taken power back by getting her revenge on these people and the, uh, that are kind of symptomatic of how she was treated then, uh, and and probably how all women were treated in that um, that that time frame in in the sixties and kind of uh, you know were they being kind of held held down and and, and traditional female roles that are kind of mm. kind of outdated in the way they were treated and. Um, just like a piece of meat really then then the town kind of chewed them up and spit them out so um, I like the idea that it was kind of there's a, there's a lack of consent and that you're just kind of forced to do what you're doing and, and to kind of make ends meet in this town you have to do the dirty things that you know the the, the power of corruption like you're kind of like you Harvey Weinstein things to get ahead but almost taking that power back by by killing them obviously that's still a bad thing but um yeah. It was a, it was a kind of a good twist and kind of yeah I I, I don't know I'm still trying to pro- I, I still trying to process it I'd love to watch it again
1: but yeah absolutely uh we'll say Matt Smith pretty great as well like he was super mm. charming to start off with you know and then he does turn like most of his characters since Doctor Who have been pretty evil <laughs> trying to break away from that uh also Michael John the the kid, he was great through the film as well. You know, The one nice guy. I was like, don't movie. fucking die, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't die. <laughs>
0: I'll
2: tell you what, though. So, he was really good. The character's really good. A decision was made at some point. I just don't think anyone questioned if it was a good choice or not. Because I was like, wow, I cannot believe you're doing this right now. Which is, they have a scene in which a white girl who's having sex with a black man freaks the fuck out uh she's screaming like someone's hurt her and then someone else comes in i'm like wow he's about to be arrested and charged and everyone's going to assume he did it cuz black man race i was like what and it doesn't go there because i think and i don't think anyone making this film thought about this however this is definitely a thing of like, like i don't this, know his know,
1: reaction like to to it was like oh fuck i'm I guarantee. Go very badly. Yeah.
2: I would guarantee. I would. Well, no, I can't go. I would be fucking surprised if any black person watching this film does not sit there and go, "Fuck!" (laughs) Like, because I—that's all I was saying. I I I was like, "This is a choice they're trying to
1: get." Yeah.
2: I don't know. I. I don't think it's a reaction trying to get. I think they didn't think about how that scene would potentially come across, and they just did it like it was any other any other scene. However, I think in the year 2021, when we're still, like, facing certain issues, that scene does bring up certain discussions and things that I don't think it meant to, and it would amongst some, some people. But, I mean, I don't, like, I'm not saying this is a negative for the movie or, like, anything like that. It was just, like, a weird, I was like, for a split moment, I was like, I don't know if that was right. Like, <laughs> I don't know I, if we should have done that.
0: I question it. When it happened, I was like, oh, you're really going to do this too? Because um, I was like, you, you know, you don't hold kind of uh, female empowerment and kind of being held down in this and and stuff. And then you're going to sprinkle that in there, like kind of racist and and how minorities are treated and, and traditional gender roles in, in the <laughs> past and all that kind of power dynamic. I was like, but then they didn't really go anywhere with it either. It was just like, a, eh, here's a thing that happens quickly and don't really- address too much of it um yeah it was it was interesting
2: i don't know it almost feels like the movie was written that scene was just written and then they were like and this look this may sound bad but i do think this is how it happens i think they wrote the movie that character was just a character they've then cast whoever for the role and they've cast someone who's of color and then that scene because it's not a white person just plays a lot differently Mm. than if they yeah
1: is that a good theory or a bad thing that they, you know, just cast the black person and didn't really care?
2: I don't think it's a good or a bad. I just it think just, it's yeah. an interesting discussion point that, like, if I had have read that scene after, they're like, hey, here's the scene. And I read it and I was like, I would have been like, cool. All right. And if they'd come back a month later and said, we've cast this person, I would be like, you know, this scene plays a lot differently now with the person you've cast. Like, I feel like. No one maybe brought that discussion up, and if they did, they were like, "No, nah, it's fine. No one will notice." But I can—I—I put money that people will notice. Like I haven't done the rounds, but I can—I could almost—I'd be shocked if I can't find a forum with someone discussions already. Yeah,
1: be shocked. I mean, maybe it's different in Britain.
2: No, I mean, systems no. everywhere. Ash. I mean, yeah, but you know. <laughs>
1: I don't think cops are like killing unarmed un- un- black people. In- well,
2: they yeah. would if they had guns. They just beat
1: them. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit easier to run away from them, yeah. <laughs> Hello, uh, I, feel like- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I want to bring up the cinematography again. This movie looks beautiful. Like, he uh, was it? Chung Hun Chung. Who's done like a bunch of different beautiful. Chung uh, Chung Hun. No. Yeah. He's done like. Uh, Last night in Soho. No, <laughs> he's done me. Earl and the Dying Girl, the Handmaiden. It a bunch of like Park chung Wook's previous films. Uh like even the aesthetic of like her room when she goes to sleep with like the neon light outside. Like, right.
0: yeah, I love all that. Looks really and we cool. got and we got that recently with um, malignant as well. Yeah. Um, and how that kind of used the the colors um like natural like modern day neons to kind of create this giallo um aspect that kind of edgar yeah. Ryder said that that's one of the influences of this movie as well as kind of like your hitchcock movies um as well so that was pretty cool or it didn't fully go into like the horror giallo aspect but um still kind of had that like mystery noir part of it
2: and so- i'll just say quickly as a side note since like you just said who it was i was like oh fuck yeah like um um, Park Chan, oh uh uh yeah, like the like that's so much I've and he's done most of his movies. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, like what? What else has he got coming up? Uncharted, I just look, <laughs> Uncharted, Uncharted, and Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs>
1: yeah, get that money.
2: <laughs> yeah, get that money.
1: <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to talk about from last night, on Soho?
2: Um, all right, the yeah, I, I would say. I didn't love the ending. Is the other thing I'd say. Like, I, and by the ending, I mean the last scene in particular. It felt almost too tie ribbon on it. Like, and especially because I'm watching this entire scene, going, "Yeah, when she gonna snap out of this dream?" You know, like I just I didn't buy it. And then the movie credits ended, and I'm like, "Oh, it was real." <laughs> I guess like that was the. It just seemed almost too. And everyone's happy ever after, and you know, she's even seeing. Sandy in her mirror dream ghost world thing now, who as a younger version, not her actual older version. Which, sure, yeah, that was only thing. I didn't, I didn't love that last scene
1: Yeah,
2: because I mean, also her the bully was nice to her, so maybe it wasn't. No, she good. wasn't.
1: All the other girls were nice to her. Like she was, she. No, she walks her past
2: her and she's like, she's like, she like gives her a nod or something. What like, at the right?
1: end?
0: Yeah, because yeah, she knows that she has the power to be stabbed in the face by her. That's why. <laughs> and so she didn't get expelled from the Academy. She's basically she fucking bulletproof. Anytime.
1: anytime. See how I almost stab killed you yeah.
0: and I'm still here. I have, <laughs> I have
1: that power. I
0: can kill you if you want. I'd still be here. That's the that's the that's kind of the things that are frustrated me, that she almost stabbed that girl in the face, which is kind of like, ooh, do I have sympathy for you now? I'm trying to feel for you when you're in this crisis of uh, whether it's a mental problem or seeing go- or being haunted. Um, that was one less like... Ugh, what the fuck moment and then at the end it's like how did you not get expelled by that there was like 20 oh. or 30 witnesses i'm just supposed to celebrate your fashion show now because you survived this haunting and terrible back, situation
2: like, i've seen ghosts turns out the person's the landlady was actually a killer i you suppose know, they, I suppose they can all.
0: prove that but you, <laughs> does that excuse, like, almost killing uh, a fellow classmate? I don't think so. Um, and then you were talking about the scene before, Dylan. But about, she didn't. Um, That's the, the key thing. <laughs> yeah, when she was uh, took John back up to the room and that whole was a little bit, eh, I'm not sure about that. And then for me, the ending, it was like a bit of a shotgun wild type thing. Um, and I might have wanted to more, like I said before, more piecing together of something actually is happening in the real world and I need to investigate that more instead of that kind of being like a small smidgen at the end and then the the wild ending but um i say all that uh and i i still give it a nine out of <laughs> nine out of ten or four and a half stars out of five like like i said um if you're a uh, an edgar wright fan and you you love like the the soundtracks and and the smoke and the mirrors and, and the kind of all the cinematography and all that fun stuff and kind of can overlook some narrative uh blemishes i think you can love it if you generally don't like wright movies or you find that those things uh can't be kind of thrown back into the the back of your mind and and they do kind of annoy you somewhat then um you may you may struggle so i can see a lot of a re- i can yeah. i can see why this is so divisive amongst uh, uh it's interesting you it.
2: um interesting you say that though because i if i would say edgar wright fans primarily edgar wright fans wouldn't like this yeah because it's so different
0: yeah and that's right i guess you've got two variations of edgar wright fans your hot fuzz Shaun of the dead um and the other one yeah yeah yeah, so all those ones are kind of co-written by um simon pegg simon pegg and then you know some of the other stuff that isn't co-written by uh, Simon Pegg, like you'd have um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, that was just him. But then you had the source material of which you could feed off anyway, Brian Lee O'Malley, and then you also had Baby Driver, which I, he did without Simon Pegg. So um, maybe some of those Wright fans that liked that trilogy don't like these movies as much, and and kind of I know there is this criticism of like, well, Edgar Wright's not really that good without Simon Pegg. Um, but f- I guess for Crazy. me, yeah, yeah, I know. But like you look at Baby Driver now, um, if you can watch Kevin Spacey movies.
1: I haven't rewatched watched it. Or, or I haven't
0: watched it since the cinema, so or no. Ansel for all that for all that matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, if you watch that, that's great soundtrack. This, you know, it's it's cool shots, cool, cool one shots, uh, a lot of cool scenes. But you know, there's there's a little bit of holes in the story as well, and it kind of gets a bit wild. But yeah, well, I mean, it's, um,
2: even before the Kevin Spacey stuff, I thought Baby Driver was like, I, th- I think I came out going, yeah, like a seven.
0: Yeah, see, five, I, I thought it was yeah. great, and I can understand that it has all these like things that are uh, you know. About it, that can, you know, these justifiable criticisms. But, um, yeah. once again, if it's the rest of the stuff, like I said, the smoke in the mirrors or all the fancy stuff, all the style, um, yeah. yeah. All the, all the style points, that's right. Style of sub or substance or full substance. So if, the, if you can look past that because of all the stylish stuff and that's what you're a fan of, then, yeah, uh, then I guess you already know whether you're going to like this or not with you, if you could get through Baby Driver or, you know, Scott Pilgrim, they go through seven evil X's in this space of like 90 minutes. There's like fucking, no real story depth. It's just like video game level, video game level, video game <laughs> level. But yeah. Sandy
2: goes through seven Evil X's in, in about seven minutes too.
0: Um, <laughs>
2: the, <laughs> actually, there's that. So, what the one last scene I just remembered I want to shout out because of the sound design thing. I think it's that, it is that scene where Sandy's like laying there in the bed and you have like the ghostly figures walking up saying like, what's your name? Or oh, that's yeah. a really nice name, whatever. Like the, the sound mm. design on that was really good. Like my cinema has like average sort of cinema speakers or, or whatever mm. but i was still like oh this is very good like the way everything was laid and it sort of crept around the entire room and everything it was, it was quite creepy um and stood out because i don't mind if a movie if a scene takes me out to go like "Oh, it's a good sound design like every now and then you know like that sort of thing but yeah that was one
1: uh two last things i think it, interesting like at the start of the film there's like a this probably a thing that <laughs> i'd be interested to see the reaction in america if it plays the same but like uh, she makes that joke about uh, her wanting to, she's basing her life on Kylie, and uh, Ellie always goes, Minogue. <laughs> and she goes, no, Jenna. It's like, <laughs> does that joke play in America? I don't know. <laughs> but our audience, so, like, cracked up. A high point. And then the number one jump scare of this film is, like, the guy? she thinks she's out of the dream, and then the yeah. guy touches her shoulder. That- it's like... Uh- Hand I think up, the collective got me, audience. I jumped,
0: yeah, I, yeah. I, I did a, yeah. yeah. yeah I think yeah, like, we were in a packed cinema, it was like everybody was like, "Oh shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: pretty great. All right, let us know what you thought of Stein So Soho. We're going to explosion.com slash uh, Twitter or explosion.com slash Discord, letting us know on either of those two platforms. Uh, buddy, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Uh, I don't want them to find me on the internet. I'm a, sure. I'm a mystery okay. wrapped in an enigma. Um, if you want to find me on the internet, you need to kind of hire out a spare apartment, uh, a spare room in an apartment, and then have uh, vivid haunting dreams uh, over the space of a week that will finally reveal my true destination. At Watson 12 on Twitter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> of course, you can find Radio Watson at radio-watson.simplecast.com. Uh, if you want to help us out, hear what you want to watch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser, or we'll leave Radio Watson one of those reviews as well. They're, he's doing great great work over there. Uh, and if Yeah, the like refuse this episode- to affect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you, you know, balance things out. Uh, <laughs> it, and if you like this episode, that was worth it all ahead on over to our Coffee page at exposure.com slash support. You Thank you very much for listening. Until next troubles, time, keep watching stuff like this. So go
2: downtown. Things will be great when you're downtown. No finer place for sure. Downtown. Everyone's waiting for you. Everyone's waiting for you.